Shall we? Okay. <laughs> Wait, what is it even called? The Brent and Andy experience. Experience. The Bay. The Bay. Oh, yeah. We do it together, don't we? I don't even remember what we do. Well, well, well. Hello, everybody. It's, it's, your, old, it's your old pal, Brent. And, and Andy. That's right. It's been so long. We've forgotten how we do the intro. Just hit the music trick. Oh, well, welcome. Oh, wait. Okay. Trent, we're going to have, you can leave the music in what we just hit, but just because we want to, we want to work through our, we show that, you know what, this number one, actually number two, I'll talk to you about that later podcast. We do make mistakes, don't we, Andy? Yeah. Yes. I think one is happening right now. That, but we, they need to see this as an example. So welcome to the <laughs> Brent and Andy experience. Get the music, Trent. Now that was that was that was clean. That was clean. Nailed it. All right, Andy. That was much better. Much better the second time. Yes. Definitely. A little rusty. Got you know, it into. It's I fine. Think it's been, I'm, you know, I got like that COVID rust in my brain. It's just but like you know I what? I'm about to educate you, Doctor Kerr. Okay. But before I give you an education, I'm going to give you a pop quiz. Yeah. Wait. Okay. All right. All right. All right. All right. Go ahead. You've already been taught this from my lecture on one of the previous podcasts. Okay. What is the Thorndike principle? Let me and pull out take, my. Did you take? google friend here <laughs> your google notepad <laughs> i i don't remember and the first of all what is a principle i'm not, i'm genuinely interested in knowing what that is uh like like are you asking me yeah i'm not trying to put you on the spot i'm just want you to actually tell me like i don't I'm not well, saying, i mean a principle and a theory what is there a difference oh oh uh well principle i don't know that that has scientific there's no law. Is it the principle of, of gravity? That's not a principle. That's a that's a that's a theory of gravity. No, that's a law of gravity. A theory. We don't we, haven't, we don't understand oh, how don't gravity start. works. Mm -mm. You're gonna sit there and tell me that we haven't figured out. We've had we've had this we've had this discussion. We've had this have discussion we? about theories. Yes, Trent, yes. Is that seriously? I think we have. I'm pretty confident. Gravity. You know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna settle this once. You heard it first. On the Brent and Andy experience, gravity is a law. So, okay, no. So here's here's how. What <laughs> Calm we down, Andy. Here's what we think about gravity. It's got mad Trent. <laughs> gravity is a you. This is like freaking general relativity right here. This is like Einstein level stuff. Uh, so so basically, <laughs> there there are large masses. There are there. Okay, let's even back up further. There's space. You know that there is space. We can move through it. We can walk through it. Stop right. right there. Stop yep. right there. I have a note. Okay. I think I'm going to add to something you just said because I went to a science lecture today. Okay. I'm going to tell you something. You just said something about space. What did you say? I said there, there is space. We can walk through it. We can move through it. Okay. Here's what I wrote down. And, and this is not a joke. Okay. I don't want anybody to think this is a setup. Okay. I'm going to show you. Well, my screen's not mirrored. So you're going to basically, I'm not showing you anything. It's going to be backwards and upside down probably. 
Here's what I wrote down not less than two hours ago. Heat always goes to find the coldest possible place. Sure. Is that true? Sure. That didn't sound confident. Trent, what do you think about that? So, so. But uh, space, isn't that, I'm talking about space, aren't I? Well, um, yes, space in general. Well, what I'm talking about in terms of space isn't just like space as in like what you think about it. Like space as in like your office, like you can move through physical space. There's physical right. space and that extends out into the universe. Right. But then there's also time. We move through time. But if they're not actually separate from one another, they are together a thing that is called space-time. And what we know is that large things for unknown reasons mm -hmm. bend space-time. They like cause space-time to act like a funnel. And so things fall towards them, i.e. gravity. But why, how, no one knows. So that makes gravity a theory. Yeah, because it's not, we don't, we don't, we, it still has to be tested. Like, yeah, yeah, I see you have your hand raised. Yeah, I have a question. You just said something. You said that weird things happen. What were you just saying? Like, we don't know why with, with, when it's out there, what you just said. Like a minute ago. You just what said specifically? True. About space time, why it exists. Yeah, how it well, we don't really quite know all that yet. Yeah, I know. I went okay. to a lecture like two hours ago. Okay. And we. Yeah. On. What is this lecture you went to that you were talking about? I'll show you. I'm going to show you. Okay. Please. Do. Okay. All right. Andy. Can uh, you see oh, I see. I see your daughter wearing a mask in front of yeah. a leaf. And she's what in front like of a lab. You see the lab? Yeah. yeah that's okay. beautiful. I see some beautiful lighting. I see what looks like a yes. ball. Maybe you were testing the ideal gas theory. Well, yeah, probably because I see a, I see a thermos behind that looks like uh, probably filled wait, with liquid I nitrogen. Got, I got way wrong, but it's out of order. Ooh, out all right, of this order. looks fun. Okay, hang on. Here's my point. Oh no, Andy, what happened? To, okay, here's my point. Okay. My kid goes to this science. I, I am concerned about what we're we're flying through in terms of pictures. Okay. Yeah, all my pictures are out of order. Okay. An arrow. Really, I'm going the wrong way. College. Okay. So it was about cold and hot. Okay. Okay. So cold and hot was the topic. Now here you said about gravity things, weird things happen. My point was the scientist today at the at the little elementary exhibit. Showed us um, nitrogen. Have you ever heard of nitrogen? Here liquid, we go. Liquid nitrogen. Is that what's yeah. in the glass? Yeah. Do you see that on my screen? And I don't uh, know if you're listening. Uh huh. Okay. There's a, a he has a beaker of boiling water on one end, yep. and he has nitrogen on the other. Yep. When you pour it, it makes smoke. Okay. Uh, it's not actually smoke. It's, it's oh, it's Trent. condensing. It's condensing moisture out of the air. It's, it's turning the moisture that is in the air into fine particles of ice. And it looks like smoke. It looks awesome. You can actually, if you take mini marshmallows and put it into the liquid nitrogen, then you can like eat them and you blow smoke. Okay, you should be doing this because this, this scientist, scientist Chad over here um, didn't do that. So oh, lame. Look at that. He threw it on the yep. ground and that yep. blew our mind. Yep. There's smoke all over. I mean, there's ice Brent, particles. Brent, 
I have to, I have to blow your mind. I used to like up until about a year ago, work with liquid nitrogen almost every single day. You did. Do you ever throw it on the ground at people's feet? All the time. <laughs> okay. Watch this, Andy. And look, Trent, I don't know if you can put this. Oh, did I start off saying we had some bad news? You did. And we haven't gotten to it. Let me tell you before, and I need everybody to listen. We're now number two podcast on the Loris, on the Loris podcast network. And Rising and the ranks. Before we left with uh, COVID, we were we dominated the podcast space. Um, so I need all of our subscribers to then ask your neighbors to subscribe. No, no, listen. no, not ask. Force. Tell, Force. or we will throw liquid nitrogen at their feet. <laughs> That was my bad news. See, the bad news wasn't that bad. So my oh, point okay. was, today the scientist, he took a balloon. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And don't you tell him, don't, Trent. I already know what's happening. I, I know, but I'd like to ask Trent. Trent, no? Trent still doesn't want to be. Yeah, can Trent, Trent, just get up, thumbs up oh, or thumbs yeah. down. Do you he think still doesn't what's going to happen? Trent, we're not professional enough. Okay, Trent thinks that he knows what's going to happen. Okay. I would like to say that there's a lot of science on this show that happens surrounding balloons. Well, he didn't say that. He just look, look, Trent. But watch this, Trent. But I'm a look. It's gonna go. It's going down, right? It does, but watch, Trent. Then so okay. that, so so hold on, hold on. So Brant is is rapidly progressing us through a series of pictures wherein uh-huh. Science Chad, I guess, yes, yeah, Science uh, Chad has a green balloon and right. is it is inflated and pours liquid nitrogen which is a ridiculously cold substance it's like minus 200 degrees celsius and pouring it onto the balloon and maybe we'll get to this uh the balloon deflates and now and now Trent, you've got to see this he then shows us the balloon that the balloon looks like a pancake yeah now watch trent magic not science because i'm from new orleans and i believe in magic magic's gonna happen trent watch this trent you gotta post these on the website they gotta see these pictures trent what's happening it's blowing up before our very eyes by itself that is what we call magic and if you don't believe in magic (laughs) you then you need to come take some liquid nitrogen and pour it on a balloon and then hold that deflated but it's either i'm also religious this is either magic or a miracle <laughs> because uh, I don't want to, we are a Catholic school and I feel like Trent, we can talk about Catholicism as a fellow Catholic Trent and I, um, Andy, you know, to become a saint, we have to have evidence of a miracle. Now I'm not saying that science Chad is, 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 is it saint science? I'm saying, I don't know. I don't know him personally, but I'm saying if he does good works, I see the miracle before my very eyes right now. <laughs> and that miracle is a balloon. Look at that, Trent. That is that, after we popped it. The, the balloon half me. No, it wasn't popped. That balloon's not popped. <laughs> so that's to make you mad. <laughs> Science Chad said that the, the air was somehow still there. But yeah. look, Trent, there is no air there. Look, look, it's a pancake. <laughs> look, look, look. Wait, it's a pink. Wait, this is what going down. Oh, my goodness. Okay. The amount of the amount of uh, just poking and prodding you do at my soul is is so high. Today's podcast, I just wanted just to get us back into the ring. Just get back on the air. I hope y'all enjoyed that. Now let's talk politics. <laughs> Wait, hear me out. Hear me out. Hear me out. Okay. Trent, please don't edit this. As you know, 
We vote on Tuesday. I'm going to stop with that sentence. Okay. We vote on Tuesday. What I'm seeing in the news is that it's going to come down to some critical states for whoever's elected. Okay. Stay with me, Trent. Trent's got a very keen eye on me. Okay. So you come down to some um, critical states. Yeah. Um, Probably Florida. Give me another one. Uh, Pennsylvania, Michigan. Actually, apparently also Arizona this year. Okay. What you said, slow down. You said Florida. Yeah. And Pennsylvania. then you also said, what was the next state you said? Pennsylvania. Now you're a scientist. We've yeah. had a Pennsylvanian period before, haven't we? Explain uh, what. What do you mean by Pennsylvanian period? Like a period where Pennsylvania plays an important key role? Oh, oh it, it plays a key role. All right. Oh my. Okay. Okay. Tell me the role. That, <laughs> tell me the role that okay. Pennsylvania has played before. And, and in fact, Andy, before you explain, uh-huh. I dare say, and I know Pennsylvania is very important on Tuesday, uh-huh. but whatever you're about to, to educate us with, I dare say that you're the, the role Pennsylvania played before is way more important than what it will play on Tuesday. And that's a big statement. No, uh, no I give. So Trent, uh, Brent has uh, kindly uh, screen shared a, a picture and I am going to read verbatim as well as I can. There's some screen glare. Mm-hmm. Uh, what it says, the Pennsylvanian period, 320 to 286 million years ago, our region was a vast tropical swamp populated by trout, towering tree, ferns mm-hmm. immense insects and giant amphibians now i'm not sure i think i got this a couple summers ago at the st louis science center uh-huh. so when it says our region it's not talking about dubuque i think it's talking about st louis missouri well, yeah, that's that it's regionally close so do you think that the pennsylvania period of swamp there were swamps all over st louis you think it was in dubuque as well probably Wow. I mean, it was probably, yeah, 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 probably. I mean, I am not a geologist. I am not a, uh, yeah, I don't, long time, long, long time ago, not my thing. Yeah. Well, we've covered politics. We've covered (laughs) science. And lastly, I'd like to talk about COVID, but... I have a science question. Okay. Sounds good. First of all, let's not talk about COVID. Let me ask you my question first. First of all, what is a vaccine in Mm. general? I took the flu shot. What does that mean? Um, So a vaccine can be a number of different things, but ultimately it comes down to uh, a part of, or a dead part of a, uh, an organism uh, that can cause disease, which is placed into your body with a needle. So injected into you and your body can't get sick from it because it's dead or it's just a part, but your body doesn't know that it's dead. And so it, it does this thing called mounting an immune response so that then when the real live organism that could kill you or hurt you actually does get into your nose or into your mouth you're already prepared and your body can fight it off without you getting sick okay i actually have a real question i mean i've had real questions all along and i just want everybody to know today's podcast is just a chat with andy 
this is our trailer back. This is our, we're welcoming back. Next week, yeah. we will have the food recipes. We will have our community events. Today was just, hey, we're back, and let's talk about balloons. So, Andy, serious question. Is that why? Stay with me here. Yeah. We're talking about the flu. Sure. The suggestion that if I could just get a small if, if someone with the flu could just sneeze on me, but not a lot on me. Do you see what I'm saying? I, I that would be want a, you to complete this thought because I, it, I want you to complete this thought. Complete this thought. That is what I have to say. If someone <laughs> yeah. with a little bit of flu, just a little bit sneezed on you. Yeah, I don't want to get sick with, I mean, I don't want to like, because I've read you could die of the flu. Okay. So yeah, yeah it's like. Extreme. Like 60, 50 to 60,000 people in our, in this country die. Okay. Every year from That's me. not what I'm saying. I'm, I'm saying, yeah, I don't want that, but I'm saying, but I do want to be inoculated from the flu. What is the difference of why would I go to, why would I go to get a flu shot? If I could have Trent sneeze just a little bit of his active flu on me. So it comes down to dead versus alive. That's that, the question that, that, that flu that is in Trent's lungs in his mm. mucosa all okay. up in Trent's grill. All right. It's alive and well and kicking and it gets inside of you. You breathe in some of Trent's. But not a lot. I don't have not a full blast. No, I it doesn't matter. Well, okay. I won't say it doesn't matter, but like you're, you're, you're probably going to get sick from that. Okay. Wait, Paul's right there. Cause I have read there are other, I'll say this, that what is the flu is considered a what? Like a virus. A virus. Okay. There are other viruses that like if you, the amount that you take in uh-huh. could impact what you, you know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah, yeah, Like, like, is it like that? Yeah. Is um, it- my, my understanding that's, uh, that's not outside of my wheelhouse. Okay. We're, we're not, Trent, okay. I want Trent to know this because I don't want this edited out. This is a good discussion. We are not talking about COVID. Okay. What I'm saying is I've heard though that COVID though, if it's not, you know, that's one reason that masks are important is because yeah. if you're exposed, if you're not exposed at a full amount, the, the, the amount of COVID you're exposed to could have an impact on your health. Yeah. Now yeah. I'm not talking about COVID. I'm talking about the flu. Yeah. Okay. So if you, the live versus dead, if, if Trent gave me a little bit of the flu, let's say I had a mask on, let's say it worked that way. Why wouldn't I want that to build an immunity? Um, because you would probably just still be getting sick. And wouldn't you prefer to just not get sick? Oh, you're right. Because I didn't get, <laughs> I did take the flu shot and I did not get sick. My arm was sore, yeah. but that was it. Yeah. I, I also got the flu shot. Yes. Definitely get your flu shot. And I think you answered my question because if I go with my plan A with Trent, I, I could build an immunity, but I'm also definitely going to get the flu from him. Yes. If I go with plan B, uh, the dead virus still gives me the immunity, but without the sickness. Yes. And then if I get sick with the flu, there's always the risk that I'm going to get sicker. Yes. And potentially that you would have to go to the hospital taking up a bed that someone else might need. Right. That is good thinking. So what did we learn today? We learned you should get your Be flu altruistic. Shot. Take your flu shot. Now, let me ask you about vaccines. You know what? We're just going to ask it. Okay. The COVID vaccine right now, you're a scientist. I think this is relevant. I think this is something we should talk about on the Bay as a scientist to a, to a yeoman, um, should I get the vaccine? When should I trust you? Used to work, Andy. I want that these credentials to be known. You were associated with with um, 
even pandemic responses and research. NIH is known for that. So my question is, should I trust, should I get the, the, the COVID vaccine the moment it becomes available or should I, should I, should I wait it out and see what, what happens? Uh, I'll give you two answers. The short answer is yes. The, the moment long, it comes out. Uh, yes, absolutely. And here's the reason why. Actually, let me show you something. This is, this, this is very important. We did a lot of learning today, Trent. He's getting something out of his desk, but just I know Trent's just going to look at me with that, <laughs> that, that, that look I get from Trent. It's a lot of science learning today. So you know what, so, everybody? We're going to do a lot of recipes and Cajun music on the next one, but we need to learn today. Tell me, Andy, what did you just pull out of your desk? So uh, if you don't mind, I'm going to take you on a little bit of a journey. Okay. All right. So in 2016, my daughter was born, my daughter, Elma. And uh, when she was born, she aspirated meconium. It's not an uncommon thing. Basically, she breathed in her poop, which oh, is a wait, thing that I happened. Wanna, I want right? to slow that down. I want, so she, she breathed it in. Yeah. As she was being born, she like pooped in the womb and like breathed some of it in. And that, oh. that happens with babies. Oh, I did not know that. Okay. Yeah. Not, not often, but it can happen. And right. she was in the NICU for three days getting it worked out. And it was not a fun experience at the time. Um, don't oh, recommend. Wow. Uh, fast forward six weeks, she uh, unfortunately was in the NICU again because she got respiratory syncytial virus, also known as RSV, which is a very bad disease for young young children. Like I think I had a I, one of my children had that. Where do you? Yeah. It's common in kids. Not not common, it's, but yeah, it's super. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like uh, the vast majority of children have it by the time they're two. But, oh, okay. yeah. uh, but in infants, especially neonates, it can be really dangerous. Uh, and so she was in the NICU. She was like, you know, they like intravenous feeding on oxygen, you know, big, like lots of, of acute care uh, for about a week mm -hmm. she, because she had this RSV. And, um, you know, that was a really rough time. And previously there was like, th this is, I'm going to, I'm going to tell you a little bit about it. Uh, something like there was previously a vaccine for RSV back in like the eighties, I guess, eighties, nineties. I'm not hundred percent certain on the time, but there was a problem with it. And it actually ultimately resulted in a lot of kids getting more sick. Uh -huh. And so for a long time, there was no RSV vaccine. And so there was, there was, you know, problems, kids getting sick, kids dying from RSV, something that should be able to be prevented. I was fortunate enough at the NIH while I worked there, to discover that there was a new trial for an RSV vaccine. And they needed phase one clinical research volunteers to be to trial out this vaccine. The, the purpose of what I'm about to tell you is that like there are people who volunteer to get vaccinated to test out whether or not these things are safe and effective before any of it goes out into the public. Mm -hmm. And Right now, there are over mm, 150,000 Americans who are in phase three clinical trials to, for the COVID vaccine to determine whether or not it's safe and effective. And I just want to read you uh, a letter that I received when I was a phase one clinical volunteer for this RSV vaccine. Uh -huh. So it says, dear, dear Andrew Kerr, in 2017-2018, you volunteered in the clinical trial VRC317. 
This trial tested the stabilized prefusion respiratory syncytial virus F subunit protein vaccine DSCAV1. We want to share a recent paper published in the journal Science that reports exciting news related to DSCAV1. And it basically goes on to say that it was because of the, the work that people like myself did to volunteer for this, that it was safe and it was effective. And so to get around and answer your question, like there are hundreds of thousands of people in this country who right now are having the Moderna vaccine, having the Pfizer vaccine, having others that are, are going out there and checking to that being, being injected with a trial vaccine to see whether or not it will work and be safe and be effective. And there are independent bodies whose job it is to analyze the data in real time to see whether or not one, is it safe? Are people becoming more sick with other things than if they hadn't had the vaccine? Or is it the same as if they hadn't gotten the vaccine at all? And is it effective? Is it preventing them from getting sick? Well, and I think is- that the argument, and maybe you can help me with this, is first of all, and I'm, you're, you're speaking to someone who knows this is not my world. I know nothing about vaccine research yeah. and stuff. No, right? Right. So all I know is what I hear on the, on the media, you know, from, from reliable sources. And I know that in general, it takes a very long time for a vaccine. For example, do we have the RSV vaccine now in uh, 2020? No. no. Well, still, I, 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 actually, I don't know. I don't. We know. could, but if we did, would it be safe to say it would be fairly recent in the last couple, year or two, couple of years? Yeah, I mean, I, I was a volunteer like three years ago now. Right? Oh, so it still may not be out. It may not be out. That's the whole point. Is that I know that it takes a long time yeah. to do that, and, and suddenly argue, this one's going so fast. Yeah, and, How and is that I, yeah, my question to you answer yeah. both here: Should I trust that? And then I'm gonna, without getting too political, though, we know that just in general, maybe not even from politics, but from a from a a nation that's tired of COVID, mm-hmm. should could should we trust? I know you were working at, at, at in that type of research. Yeah, the pressure that comes from the public. Does that have any kind of a bearing on you as a researcher yeah. to to do? I wouldn't say cut corners, but certainly to no. So the, so that's so so, so yeah. So that's that's actually a lot of questions. It's yeah, a well, lot of questions. Yeah. In summary, it's the reason I think that a, a lot of people I talk to that are nervous about it is because of a the speed and b the pressure that's on it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I think certainly. So so. What it really just comes down to to sort of answer both of those questions in a way is that the reason like we, we have the capability of doing this with every vaccine. We could be putting our full might between behind every single vaccine. But the truth is, is that for the most part, the vaccines that we create aren't potentially killing a million people every year. You know, they're they're hurting or killing much smaller numbers. And so like the the difference between what is currently happening with the COVID vaccine and what usually happens with others is just a matter of this is very dangerous. So we're going to put all of our resources behind it and do all of the things that we can, that we can do that we usually can't afford to do, but we can now because it's a really big deal. Right. And that allows us to speed things up significantly. And another really big part of why this is being sped up is that usually you go through all of the clinical trials, the phase three, all of that stuff, and find out whether or not it's safe and effective. And then you start making them in mass, like all of the vaccines. And that takes like six months, right? Like that's a long time. Well, as soon as these companies 
like came up with a vaccine and it went into phase three clinical trials, Mm-hmm. The government was like, we need this vaccine now in case it is effective. Like once we get through the right. trial and we, sh- we are certain that it is safe and that it is effective, we want it now. I see what you're and saying. So we'll, we'll take the, the loss if it's not, but exactly. otherwise. Yeah. So the government gave all of these companies money to just start making those vaccines immediately so that they will just be on the shelf instantaneously as yeah. soon as we know. And if it turns oh. out that they're not safe and effective, they get dumpstered. Yeah, that's great. Wow. That was really informative. And you know what? I think we're going to leave it. I know this was, this is a rare Bay discussion. It's very serious. Well, Hey, we learned a lot. Trent, Trent just actually shook his head in agreement. (laughs) If you, if you want, if you listening to this, I was actually, it's, it's really, it's super fortuitous. I was actually, um, there was a, a Twitter live and a Facebook live event this morning with Dr. Fauci and with Dr. Francis Collins, who's the, the director of the NIH. And that's where I got a lot of this information just now. Uh-huh. But one of the things that they really pushed was like, if, if you think that you potentially could help, if you could be a volunteer, you can, you can take. Oh, they're still a, taking volunteers for yeah, the. Yeah. Uh... And so to find out whether or not you qualify and could be a volunteer, you can go to preventcovid.org preventcovid.org. You'll take a survey and um, you can uh, determine whether or not you would be capable and able to be a, to be a volunteer. And it's actually open on my computer right now. I just haven't had time to fill out the survey yet. So. Okay. So prevent or prevent no, wait. COVID. P-R-E-V-E-N-T-C-O-V-I-D.org. Preventcovid.org. I love it. Well, hey, why do they... Um... Why, why do they even call it um, a novel coronavirus? Because um, it's new? No, because it's a, well, it's a long story. <laughs> <laughs> Thank y'all for listening. We'll, we'll be back next week up to our usual Tom Foolery, our usual Andy Foolery. <laughs> we'll have community events. We've got a great recipe for Thanksgiving. And, um, and some, we're going to play a new segment, Andy. You better start studying. It's called Stump the Chemist. <laughs> and I will be asking you questions like, um, why do like, magnets work? Yeah, like, well, yeah, like, why do, why do I cry? Whatever. Um, you know, when you cut <laughs> onions, why do my parents cry every time they see me? Oh, oh. Uh, we, I mean, we might like, need to bring, we might need to bring Trisha Borelli on. <laughs> yeah, right. No. Uh, yeah. Like, why do I cry when I cut on? So come in, tune in next week for Stump the Chemist. You've been listening to the Brent, Brent and, and Andy, Andy experience. experience. Get the music.